0: Look at the character of faith in Jesus. What does the character of faith in Jesus look like? What does it actually feel like? And what's the result of faith in Jesus? And I understand the uh, difficulty of going here immediately is because like, it sounds like it's you know a prelude to faith in Jesus 101, stuff we all know. But I think it's, let, let's get into it, and I think it can be in- instructive to our hearts. Um, we're going to look in a minute at the verses, but what I want to show us quickly is that Mary had faith to believe in God through Jesus. We just want to work this out real quick. You can see it there. Mary had the faith to believe in God through Jesus. That's one way we can say it. Mary, we're talking about, um, Jesus's mother. Mary had faith to believe God about Jesus. That's faith said another way. Mary had faith to believe in Jesus right? No, no mother in this room has believed in their child. You have believed that your child exists and is a person and is a being, but you have never put your faith for salvation, for eternity, for your future, for your reconciliation with God into your child. Mary is the one mother in the world who put her faith in her son. Um, it's quite radical. So Mary had faith to believe in God through Jesus. Mary had faith to believe God about Jesus, Mary had faith to believe in Jesus. So Mary becomes to us this incredible example of faith. Mary was a person like you and I. And so her, her faith example there is an example for you and I, and our faith, and what it can look like, and the textures of faith, and how we can live it out in our daily lives. So to kind of reverse the process, to not have faith means to not believe in Jesus. To not have faith means to not believe God about Jesus. To not have faith means to not believe in God through Jesus, however you want to think about it. And I'm sure that most of you in this room probably aren't uh, at, at the last, you know, you, where we wrestle with our faith probably isn't. Do we believe in God through Jesus? Uh, do we believe God about Jesus? You, you probably gathered here because of that. We're probably more at that place of, uh, do we believe in Jesus? Not in a justification sense. Have you placed your faith in Jesus? But every single day as we live our lives, if we make decisions, as we prioritize and schedule and devote ourselves to things in those moments, are we believing in Jesus or are we believing in something else? And that's what we're going to look at a little bit. So Mary and John and Elizabeth uh, were the first community of believers. This is quite uh, nice to think about a little bit um, those of you who haven't uh, tracked with us, here's where we've come to. Um, Zechariah was told by the angel Gabriel in the Holy of Holies that his barren old wife is going to have a child. He didn't believe or he asked for a sign or he had some doubts. So the angel said to him, because of that there's going to be a consequence. You're going to be deaf and mute. You're not going to... till the baby is born. And then he goes home and the baby gets... The, he, this is John the Baptist. John the Baptist gets conceived in Elizabeth's womb. And then the, this uh, same angel goes to Mary and says... God's going to use you to conceive a child, and, and he's this promised child. He's going to be uh, the great one who comes to save the world. And Mary believes, but she doesn't biologically understand how it's going to happen. So she believes the angel, but she goes, But um, uh, I, I'm a virgin, and so there's no way for me to get pregnant. I'm not married. Um, how's this going to happen? And she asks the question, not a doubt, but a question. And he goes, "It's all right." The Holy Spirit's going to uh, put this child into your womb supernaturally. In other words, you can't do anything about it. Just go to bed. Uh, That's fantastic. God's going to do it. It's not in your hands. Just leave it to God. That's how faith begins. It's not up to you. It's just up to God. Just if God does it, He does it. If He doesn't, He doesn't. Leave it in God's hands. And she says, may it be as you have spoken. And then the angel says, but hey, there is some encouragement for you. Go to your relative Elizabeth's house and you will find that she is with child. Uh, this miracle. So this miracle is going to encourage Mary a little bit. And Mary goes uh, in in haste. She goes pregnant. And that's where we're picking up the story. So when Mary and and John and Elizabeth come together, what's interesting here is it says, Mary goes to, we'll read it, but not yet. Mary goes to Zachariah's house, but it doesn't tell us if Zachariah's there or not. In other words, he's insignificant to the story. This guy without faith, he played a part. He helped uh, Elizabeth to get pregnant. But whether he's at the home or not doesn't matter. There is a community here of faith, a community with Mary, John, Elizabeth, and Jesus. And that's what the community that we need to know about. This is not in my notes, but let me just say this. You can play a part in the story of God, but be an insignificant part. In other words, you and I can be Zacharias. I can be Zacharias, where God might use me, but I live a la- life of doubting Him. Are you really going to God? Will you really God? How is this going to happen, God? What if God, blah, and, I can go, and He might use me, but in the writing of his story, I may go, Hey God, where am I? Remember I was there? Let's just move on. <laughs> because what we're trying to see is this community of faith who is engaged with God, who is walking with God, who is aware of, by the Holy Spirit, what God is doing. And that's really where the Bible wants to focus us. The Bible doesn't want to focus us on Zechariah and think about that. and our lives. It wants to focus us and invite us into this, these other uh, lives. So they're this first community of believers. And when Jesus says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am among them. He would say later on when he grew up, Matthew 18 verse 20. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. We think of that in the present and future tense. So I can say, guys, today God is with us. And you may say, I, I don't feel like that. I had bad coffee this morning. I've just got the shakes. That's all I can feel. I've got The shakes are with us. I know that, but God is with us. do i know that because jesus said so and i believe that jesus didn't tell a lie he said when we are gathered in his name and we are gathered in his name we're not gathered in josh's name we're not gathered in mark's name we're not gathered in your name we're gathered here today in jesus's name and he's with us what great confidence we have but i also look forward to it i can say hey to my community group on wednesday night i can't wait to share wednesday night with you because we together will be in the presence of jesus how wonderful is that going to be Because when we're going to come, we're not gathering in the name of the delicious food that we eat. We're not gathering in the name of the songs that we might sing. We're not gathering in the name of the conversation we might have. We're not gathering in your name, or my name, or your need, or mine. We're gathering because we are coming together in the name of Jesus, under His rule and reign, and we're going to have fellowship with Him and each other. So I can't wait to enjoy Jesus with you on Wednesday night. But Jesus also said this, and, and... he said this knowing of like a past tense as well. Not only are we gather, am I gathered with you, not only am I together with you, not only will I be together with you, but I also was. The first time, Mary, Elizabeth and John were gathered in my name. That's why they came together. Because of what God was doing in the world, this new thing and this new person in Mary. That's why they gathered. They gathered in Jesus' name. Even though he was a, a tiny little thing still being formed inside of her womb. They were gathering, the first gathering in Jesus' name, And there he was with them, literally and spiritually and every other way you can imagine. So let's read what happens. In those days, Mary arose and went in haste into the hill country to the town of Judah. And when she entered the house of Zechariah, the last time we'll hear about him, and greeted Elizabeth... And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy, And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. What an amazing uh, short text. Luke doesn't tell us if Mary and Elizabeth spoke about anything before this, anything during this. Luke just wants us to know that Elizabeth has walked over the threshold of Zachariah's house, and from there, Elizabeth somehow supernaturally by the Holy Spirit understands everything. The baby, who is a miracle in my womb, has left for joy because of the baby in your womb. Remember, that her relative still a virgin, unmarried. And yet she, she already understands that the baby in this womb is greater than the baby in my womb. Somehow something's going on. How, I mean, think about what Elizabeth says. How can I have the privilege of my Lord coming to my house? Have you ever said that to anyone? I mean, you've said the privilege of you coming to my house or my friend coming to my house or uh, Adam and Kirsty have the privilege of Kirsty's parents coming in, uh, into their house. I would love the privilege of my parents coming to my house sometime in the next decade. <laughs> Every now and then you get super tired and it doesn't feel like a privilege when you see someone coming to your house. But most of the time, I mean, we understand this. That's not what she's saying. She's saying something that no one has ever said before. She's saying something that you and I have probably not said to each other before. She's saying to Mary, how do I have the privilege that through you the Lord has entered my house? My Lord. She probably doesn't understand fully that this is the Son of God she doesn't, probably doesn't understand fully that He will die upon the cross and be raised to life. She probably doesn't understand the gospel fully yet, but she understands that inside of this womb is her Messiah, supernaturally. Whoa. I mean, the best we can get is that, like, you're struggling or hurting, and, and someone arrives at your house. Uh, maybe you don't, you, you don't have to be struggling with hurting, You can just be doing great. And someone arrives at your house, and, and, and something about them just makes your heart, the, the, the godliness about them, the job, Malcolm often tells me about his very old friend, uh, 90-something years old. I, I think that's old for everyone, right? Is that, that's not offensive to anyone. We agree that that's old. Is that, that's fair. <laughs> he's a mature man in his 90s who just radiates the presence of God. Who just? He, I mean, he's going through understandable illnesses and sicknesses and he's every single day on death's doorstep, but all he will do is praise the Lord. We praise the Lord. How are you going? We praise the Lord. Oh, when someone like that knocks on your door, oh, you've brought in a sense of the presence of the Lord. Thank you, welcome. Come into our home. Just live and die here. <laughs> that's the closest we, we may be, think- but that's not what Elizabeth's saying. You, the presence of the Lord is in this place. What a privilege for me. Wow. I mean, in this short text, we see the Holy Spirit, we see the Messiah, we see God the Father. At the end, there that you've been blessed by the Lord. That you said yes to the Lord. She's talking about God in that instance. We see. It, I mean, you could we could unpack this in a theological college. We could have a whole uh, degree on the Trinity from this text, or we can just be wowed by their faith, by this community of faith. Let's rather be wowed by this community of faith. So, why does, what, what does this community of uh, believers show us about the character of faith? Firstly. Here's four things I just want to draw out that we see here, that we're invited to as believers in Jesus. And if you're not a believer in Jesus, this is what you are invited to. Number one, Mary shows immediate the immediate nature of faith. Faith is immediate. It says, Mary went with haste into the hill country. Gabriel says to her, go to your relative. You will see that she's pregnant and that will encourage you. That, that miracle will bring you encouragement. And then the next we find out, Mary goes in haste. In other words, Mary disrupts everything in her life that has already been disrupted by the fact that she's going to uh, have the Holy Holy Spirit put a child into her womb. She disrupts her life and she goes in haste. She immediately responds. In other words, it looks like this. It sounds like this. God is doing things in our world. God is right now doing things in our city. God is right now doing things in your neighborhood. God is doing things in our church. God is doing things in your workplace. God is doing things in your life. And you can and I can respond to them with haste. I can disrupt my life to get involved in what God is doing. Or I can try and kind of schedule it in, plan it out, balance. You know, let's just live a balanced life. <laughs> Boo, says Josh. Uh, we all know Josh's life, and we understand the boo. He hasn't known balance in 15 years. He hasn't known balance since he met Anna. <laughs> but there's this invitation to to immediately respond, and, and here's a problem that we have. You and you and I, you and I, who, if we've lived in a Western society for long enough, and even if we've lived in an in an Eastern society with Western influence, we've grown up in individuality, and we have lenses that we don't even know we wear it's not that you put them on and think that way, it's that you think that way before you even think about how you're going to think about something. It's it's your instinctive way to think about something. So the way that you think, you get invited to like two things and the way that you think, what am I going to do? What's most important to me? What should I? you know? And, the, and you're, in, in a sense, you're prioritizing and you're having to make a decision. That's already a Western mindset. But Mary kind of, has this idea, and, and probably culturally, you remember she's a, she's a Jewish girl. She knows about God and she's, she understands God and she longs for God. That there isn't this kind of filter of individuality, but this immediate response to what God is doing. Oh, if that's what God's doing, I'm in. We'll just work it out as we get it, go along. Um, in our culture someone told me this who came from an African context and I thought it was probably a little bit true when I try to understand when, when they were explaining to me that our filters uh, are, you know, they, they're on our eyes. We, we don't just put them on and take them off. He gave me this example from a, a, a poor African context. He said, pastors over there, you know, if there's a girl in the church and she starts dating a guy and he's not a Christian, a pastor may go to this, to this girl and say, um, young lady, you need to break up with that man and you need to trust Jesus for a Christian husband. And the next day they'll, he'll bump into this girl and she'll uh, say, Pastor, I've broken up with my I've broken up with him and I'm trusting Jesus for a Christian husband." said, "I don't think you can do that in the West. I think you might go to someone and say, young lady, you need to um, break up with your boyfriend and trust God for a Christian husband if he, if he wants to give you a husband. And she might say, thank you for your perspective. I'll think about it and pray about it. And I'll let you know what I think. I'll let you know what God tells me. Thanks very much. And then you might see her next week or next month or next year. She goes, no, I prayed about it and I felt like God was fine with it. It's okay. Okay. See, what, what's happening there is, is it's not right or wrong. It's the philosophies that we wear. It's the way we think. It's instinctive. It's, we think it's okay to be that independent or individual that we can weigh up truth if it, makes, if it fits with us in our life. But it's quite a faithless response. In other words, to do something that we don't want requires that we believe something more. To, for this African girl to break up with her husband, which is, an, is a much more difficult thing for a poor woman in Africa to break up with a provider, a, a figure of protection. It, you know, It's much harder for her to break up, uh, much more costly, than a woman in uh, feminist uh, uh, Australia to break up. It's not like a lot of things, or opportunities will be taken from you, or securities will be lost, or... You understand? it's much less costly immediately. but for, the woman, for that girl to do it, she's got to believe something about God and his goodness and his ways in order to do something that's very costly for her, that she might not like. And so if, if in our individuality and independence, we want to always weigh things up and think about it, it shows that we believe more of what we believe more about our wisdom and our way and our goals and our ambitions outweigh that we believe, what we believe about the goodness of God and His rule and reign over our life and therefore be, being uncomfortable with His truths or His ways. Does, does that make sense? The problem over here is that you and I, including me, can feel like, uh, don't worry about Stash and Kay, it's okay, we'll, they're offended and we'll work it out after church. <laughs> no, I'm joking. They, they are photographers and they're going to do a wedding. Um, what, what's, uh, where was I the problem over here is that you and I can begin to feel like this is, this, I can see this in the person next to me I can see this in the person around me but I, I don't easily see it in me I was, I've been asking this question for a long time uh, about six months how do people change I've been reading everything about how do people change well not, not everything I've just been reading a lot about how do people change how can you help people to change how do you, and only recently did I stop and I changed the question. What do you, what, what, can you imagine what the two questions changed to? How do, change? How do I change? How do I change? When was the last time I changed? What do I do to change? Because I think a lot of us, not all of you in this room, think like I do. Yeah, it would be good for others to trust God and, and, and just have immediate faith. It would be good for Mark to trust God and have immediate faith. What's God doing? I'm in. Where's God at work? I'm in. That's number one. Number two. John, little baby John, still in the womb, still being formed. He doesn't even have all his cells yet. Shows us joyful humility. There's no ways that Luke is trying to say that John cognitively understands who Jesus is. It's not like little baby John knows this is uh, God's Messiah of the world. Right? There's no way. But yet, through the Spirit, something in John leaps at the presence of Jesus in the room. And for the rest of J- uh, John's life, John will leap at the presence of Jesus in the space. Forever, for, for the rest of his life, he, less of me, more of him. John, this great miracle child, this prophesied child. Not many of us have a lot of prophecies, specific ones. We have general ones. Before I knew you, I formed you. We have have those big general ones that we all can cling to in the Old Testament. We're there, we're there, we're present in the Old Testament, you and I. But John... Was mentioned specifically in the Old Testament. He was promised, he was prophesied 400 years ago. People are longing for the next prophet. John the Baptist is the guy. He is great. There's no one greater than John the Baptist until Jesus walks in the room, and immediately John leaps for joy. He's greater than I am. Less of me, more of him. And he hasn't even come out of the womb. You and I are still trying to die. You and I are still dealing with, how do I have more of Jesus and less of me? How do I put my sins to death today? John was dealing with that before he came out of the womb. Less (laughs) of me, more of you. It's Jesus. Before he had a thought, his spirit leapt with joy. Faith has with it a joyful humility that leaps in the presence of Jesus. As we worship and there's a sense of Jesus with us. There's something, I don't know how you feel, worship. I know some of you are far more pragmatic and you're, you're, you're just, you, you, we're different. You're more logical and more, but for those of you uh, who, like me, are more attached to our hearts, there's, a, it, you, can, you can feel something happens and you can just sense, oh boy, whoa, I almost don't want to sing. I don't know if I want to kneel down, lie down, jump up for joy. I don't want to disrupt everyone else in this room, but oh my God, you are so good. Something's jumping for joy in in the spirit, right? Anyone else know what I'm talking about? (laughs) And if you don't, don't worry. You don't ever have to know what I'm talking about. You're just made different. You might read something. You might read some logical truth, some reasoning about God, some aspects of His character, and your mind is so overcome with the amazing mystery of godliness that your spirit leaps for joy as the Holy Spirit reveals something of God to you. And many other ways. Sorry, I don't know all the personality types. I should learn them. So he rejoices with kicking and leaping. And Elizabeth doesn't just say, oh, yeah, no, he's, he's awake. It says the baby leapt with joy. She understands something of the spirit is going on there. She's not over spiritualizing. She's just explaining the truth. David wrote, "Restore to me the joy of my salvation and make me willing to obey." Restore to me the joy of my salvation. It's possible that you and I can lose the joy of our salvation. It's possible that you. It's possible that you have lost the joy of your salvation. It's possible that I've lost the joy of our salvation. It's possible that some in this room have have any... Don't answer this question. Anyone ever gone, man, I remember when I was saved. I was so passionate. I was so excited. I couldn't believe what God had done. And then two years later, it was like everything just went back to normal. It's like, I, I I just don't feel that anymore. I don't... David says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Not that you always have to be like in the honeymoon phase of your faith. But the sense of restoration of my joy in Jesus. That when I hear Jesus, it's not just another name among many. It's the name above all names. That when I'm in the presence of God, it's not just like being in the presence of someone else. It's like, oh, wow, God is with me. When I'm reading His Word, it's not just like another reading exercise. It's like, this is the Word of God to me. The joy of being in His presence. God, help me. Restore that. Bring it back to me. When I go to church, it's not just, yeah, take that off again. I know I ought to do it. But... Whoa, Jesus died for this gathering. What a joy to be together, even with our weird brothers and sisters. What a privilege. I teased, uh, I teased someone who wasn't here last week, but was online, because then they found out that there was a certain visitor that they would have loved to have met, because they know this person. They're like, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't come. Uh, because I wouldn't have been able to say hello to so-and-so. And And, Nas and I pretended to be offended and said, what do you mean? I I was there. She was there. So-and-so was there. Aren't you sorry you didn't come because you didn't get to see me? Or you didn't get to see Nas? Like, who do we have to be for you to like come with joy to the gathering? Anyway, we're just teasing. We understood what he was saying. But we can have our joy restored to us. We can come, like, do you know, any of you know Ma- Michael McIntyre? Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do this well, because I haven't planned it in my service, I didn't prep it. But we can come skipping like Michael McIntyre. <laughs> go look him up, he's hilarious. We can come to church like that. When was the last time you came skipping? So excited, because you're going to be gathering with Jesus' people, and he's promised to be with us. If it's been a while, it's like it, there's something wrong with your faith. Not saying it's not there. Just you may need to pray something like David needed to pray. When I fell in, lo- uh, have I gone too long? I saw checking, you checking When I fell in love with Nas, I believed that she would uh, satisfy me the rest of my life. Honestly, I did I remember driving in my very old golf? a uh, Volkswagen Golf GTI with cow seats. It was a convertible, but it was like from 1970 or something. And in LA, this is, that was a very tiny car, and it gave all the wrong signals as well. <laughs> so I had lots of whistles and that that I did not understand at the time. Anyway, I remember driving up uh, Brea Canyon Road and thinking, I think we were either dating or, or engaged, and thinking if I actually pull this off and really marry Nass, there won't be another bad day in my life. Like, it doesn't matter what happens. It'll just be like, good for every... Yes, the, it hasn't been. <laughs> and, it, and it's not... She's actually a lot more than I thought she was. She, she's, there's actually a lot more in her than I understood. I enjoy her more today than I did then. But she just doesn't have the glory that I was looking for that Only Jesus has when Ezekiel was born. I remember going back to the office just after he was born, um, probably about a week after, so that we could recover. And um, I remember the lady saying, At uh, the ladies in the church office, as I walked in, went, how have you grown so tall? In the life? and what had happened was, uh, I, w- I was like walking around like this, it's like I've had a baby, yeah i got a son. you have a son? I'm, I know how it is. You don't? Best thing. You should have one. And I thought, you know, it's, it's never going to be a bad day. I've got a son. Oh, lose in a game of golf. I go home to a wife and a son. Nah. Keep your winnings. I don't even care. But it wore off. Three months later, Ezekiel stopped crying. He had a terrible colleague. He stopped crying, and I remember just bawling. First time, there was silence. He wasn't everything I hoped he would be. But Ezekiel is a lot more than I imagined. I enjoy Ezekiel a lot more than I thought. I, I have a budding friendship with Ezekiel that I never imagined. I get encouraged by his uh, growing faith in ways I, ne- I, I never even imagined would happen. But what I'd done is I'd given him a glory that he doesn't have, that only Jesus has. And I looked for a satisfaction that I couldn't find in Him. And and so joy of my salvation was passed on to the joy of my marriage. It didn't work there. So then the joy of my fathering, it didn't work there. So then the joy of friendship, it doesn't work there. Oh, the joy of pleasure, it doesn't work there. Oh, the joy of security, it doesn't work there. Oh, the joy of control, it doesn't work there. Oh man, where am I going to find satisfaction? David just prays the prayer that I need to pray. Lord, return the joy of my salvation. Bring me back to you. Thirdly, Elizabeth has a revelation of who Jesus is. Why is it granted that the mother of my Lord should come to me? I've already explained this. I won't explain it again. But she knows by, it says the Holy Spirit, that she is filled with the Holy Spirit. And that, and that, there's different fillings in the Bible. If you go, if you read the New Testament about the infillings of the Holy Spirit, there's two kinds of infillings. And the, the infilling here is not like a baptism of the Holy Spirit. The infilling here is a is a filling of the Holy Spirit for something. A revelation to understand who Jesus is and to be able to raise her voice in praise. She has this revelation. Faith comes with revelation, with knowledge. You may not think that that's much of a thing. You may be here and you'll be like, "Yeah, I, was, I just grew up in a Christian home," or "Yeah, I've been a Christian for thirty years, forty years, fifty years." Well, yeah, you know, whatever. Revelation of who Jesus is, is supernatural. If you've never had anything else supernatural happen to you in your life, if you've never seen someone raised from the dead, uh, all of us, if you haven't seen someone uh, healed of sickness, I mean, if you haven't seen someone, and we can just go, whatever supernatural thing you want to see. If you have not seen any of that, but you have faith in Jesus, you have seen the dead Raised to life. You have seen the, the most supernatural miracle known to humanity. A dead thing becoming an alive thing. You have known the supernatural touch of God. You have had revelation because no one can find a revelation about God outside of it being revealed to them through the Holy Spirit. You know how I know I'm not wrong? and you know how You know that I'm not wrong? Try and tell your faith to someone else. And even when it sounds really good, I know sometimes I hear myself and I'm like, oh my gosh, if, if if I was on the other side, I definitely wouldn't be believing what I'm saying. But then there's other times where I'm like, I am nailing it. This person is definitely going to come to Jesus. And then afterwards there's just nothing. Glaze. Why? Well, I can't do the Holy Spirit's work. I can't give faith. I can't give them revelation. I remember one time doing a terrible job of this at a cafe. Sorry, in my bag there's a t- Zeke. In my bag there's a tissue, sponsored by um, Lizzie, I think, from years ago. Thank you. Uh, I remember doing a terrible job of this in uh, a little cafe up the road and trying to share faith with someone. And then I remembered something Tilly had said to me about the role of the law in the Christian's life. And I, rem- I, just, I remember saying this and going like, I don't think I can take this conversation anywhere. I'm doing an awful job. And this guy looks super uncomfortable. Like, Mark, people are listening. Uh, I should get to work. Is this going to end? And then I just remember like, going, okay, this is my last like fishing rod. You know, like when Josh goes fishing and doesn't catch anything. <laughs> this is the last hurrah. <sighs> and chucked out something Tilly had said to me. Boom. I could see it in his eyes. He didn't have to say anything. I could just see. Revelation had come. He could see Jesus for all he was. And like that, he believed. It's revelation. If you believe in Jesus, you have had that revelation. What a joy. Don't underplay it, please. Last one. Elizabeth blesses Mary. Elizabeth recognizes Mary's faith in God's word and blesses her. There's two ways that she might mean this. She, she, either she'll mean Mary's faith in God's Word. To, uh, sorry, either she means that Mary, the blessing is when God's words are fulfilled. You know, blessed are you uh, for this is what God has said to you. And, and then God's going to do this and that's when, you, you know, when we see this, that's when the blessing will come. It's possible. It's more likely that it's the second option where Mary is blessed because of her faith. So not only is she going to be blessed when God does do what He says fully, and she sees it, but she's already blessed simply by placing her faith in Jesus, simply by trusting God's word about Jesus, simply by going in haste to Elizabeth's house. She's already blessed. Blessed are you among women. She's not saying you. Um, she's not saying you're the most blessed woman. She's saying um, you're the among all. People among you you have you have been blessed greater than in other other words this is what, what it is it's not if you know Jesus if your faith is in Jesus you have received a blessing greater than anyone or as great as anyone there's nothing more blessed than to know Jesus and then God is doing a whole bunch of other stuff that you can participate in but just knowing Him is already a blessing. Just putting your faith in Him. Just trusting Him. Just obeying Him. So, the four are this. Faith is immediate. Disrupts what I'm doing for what God is doing. When's the last time Mark changed? This happened to me recently. I, I don't really like change. Since I've changed the question, i realise realized I, I don't like change. <laughs> I like other people changing. <laughs> I don't like change. And when other people change to fit in with me, that's even better. But... Faith is a medium. I realized this, this came really home the other day. I, I felt like the Holy Spirit reminded me to share something with Nas which I've never shared with her in our marriage. Someone said to me the other day when I said this, they said, so you have secrets from your wife? I went, of course I do. I went, oh my gosh. I can't believe that. Now, either this person is... But I was like, what are you talking about? Who doesn't have things in their heart that they haven't spoken out of their mouth. Now, if you all go in there and thinking, I don't, then maybe I'm the only person. But it, <laughs> but eventually it was like, and that's what God was, was doing then. I like it when God does other things, but that's what God was doing then. I went to NASA and I said, said what I had to say, which I'm not going to say to you. <laughs> it was a disruption. I didn't know where the conversation was going to go. I didn't know how she was going to respond. I didn't know how long we'd be in conversation. On Enneagram, I'm a type 3. I'm not good for long conversations. But if she needed one, I'd have to be one. I'd have to be in one. It was a disruption. But in that moment, I was like, God, I don't know where this is going to go, but you have to come through. It was one of my favorite conversations I've ever had in 16 years. Why? Because it needed 100% of God. She needed God I needed God, we needed God, the marriage needed God, our friendship needed God, our future needed God. And do you know what I found when we disrupted ourselves and put our faith out, God, we need you? He was there. And I, and I said afterwards, we were, we were, fortunately we were away as well. So we had all night to talk about stuff. <laughs> and so she's, this was her summary of the the, week, the 24 hours. How has it been for you, love? game-changing. Only God can do that. Only God can disrupt our lives and leave us going, that was game-changing. Yes, Lord. Faith is joyful humility, delighting in Jesus. Things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. Number three, faith is revelation. It recognizes the privilege of knowing Jesus. It's not reason. It's not logic. It's... Thank you. Faith Number four, faith is blessing. My life is already overwhelmingly blessed because of the existence of faith in Jesus. I'm going to read this to us and, and then... Uh, to close and then I'm going to ask you to come and take communion when you're ready for those who don't know if you don't know this is a table for Christians for brothers and sisters it's it's only a table for Christians because here we come and remember Jesus who died for us and raised to life to, for us and called us to us and here we come it's a table of faith it's a table of disruption disrupt my life your kingdom come your will be done it's a table of joy. You have done it. The work is finished. It's a table of revelation. I know who you are. It's a table of blessing. How fortunate am I to come here? This is not for everyone, it's only for those who believe. The, the juice representing the blood of Jesus that was spilt for the sins of humanity, for your sins and my sins. And if you place your faith in Jesus today, for your sins also. And his body that was broken. His life that was given, and the covenant that he made to make us his own. The punishments he received. Do you know what God was saving us? Uh, Jesus saved us from. Jesus did not save us from our sins. Jesus saved us from God's wrath. And Jesus turned our relationship from God with God from one of facing wrath one day for our sins, our rejection of Him, to one of reconciliation. He's now our Father. That's what we come to the table with. What a joy! In a way, and I don't mean this frivolously, I just mean, in a way, what more must He do before faith ignites in our hearts? It's a good opportunity for us to come and be able to pray like David, be able to fuel the flame of faith in our hearts, to be able to decide about disruptions that are needed to engage with whatever it is God's doing, whatever He highlights in our lives. Let's read this together. I'll read it. You can read it on the board with me. I'll read it slowly. I ask not to be registered amongst the earthly, great, and rich, but to be numbered numbered with the spiritually blessed. Make it my present supreme, persevering concern to obtain those blessings which are spiritual in nature, eternal in their continuance, and satisfying in their possession. Preserve me from a false assessment of my character, May I give attention to my principles as well as my actions. Help me never to mistake the excitement of my passions for the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Never judge my faith by occasional impressions or impulses, but but by my usual disposition. May my heart be right with you and my life formed by the gospel. May I maintain a focus on another and better world. And feel and confess myself a stranger and a pilgrim here. Give me all the direction, defense, support, and comfort my journey requires. And grant, me a, concentrated, uh, grant my, me a mind concentrated upon you. Supply me with a large abundance of the Spirit of Jesus, that I may be prepared for every duty. Love you in all your mercies. Submit you, to you in every trial. Trust you in walking in darkness. Have peace in you amidst life's changes. Love uh, sorry, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief and uncertainties. Amen.